I mean, I've always kind of thought that you really make time for things that you care about. And so if you love to do something and, and if you really want to do it, you'll find a way. So it's not easy, but it's not supposed to be. If it was easy, everybody would do it, right? So. This is episode number 72 with Pat Bellner. Welcome to Pursuing Health. I'm Julie Fouché, family medicine resident and former CrossFit Games athlete. Here, I bring to you information and inspiration from experts and everyday individuals for how to use lifestyle to maximize health. Thank you so much for joining me. Now let's get started with this week's episode. Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to Pursuing Health. In this episode, I get to sit down and chat with Pat Vellner, who is a three-time CrossFit Games athlete, as well as a chiropractic medical student. So you can imagine we had a lot to talk about in this episode. A little bit of background about Pat before we get started. He comes from a broad athletic background, including competing on a national level in gymnastics, as well as playing lacrosse and rugby. As I mentioned, he's currently studying to become a doctor of chiropractic in his home country of Canada, and he's balancing his course load with training for the upcoming 2018 CrossFit Games. So Pat burst on the scene in 2014, shortly after starting CrossFit, where he had a surprising regional performance. And then in 2015, he competed with his team CrossFit Plateau at the CrossFit Games. He made his individual debut in 2016, placing third and earning the title of Rookie of the Year. And this past year, he returned to prove his podium finish was no fluke. He turned in a solid performance that had him walking away in fourth place. However, after the games, it was discovered that the initial third place finisher, Ricky Gerard, had tested positive for performance enhancing drugs. And so following his disqualification, Pat was awarded his rightful place on the podium in a bittersweet turn of events. So we caught up recently to talk about this recent whirlwind of events, what it felt like to receive his games medal at the recent CrossFit Invitational in Australia, the controversy of performance enhancing drugs in CrossFit, and how he balances medical school and training for the games. We also talk about what his plans are for the future and so much more in this episode. A couple of quick reminders before we get started. First, if you're enjoying the podcast, don't forget to head over to iTunes if you haven't already. Make sure you subscribe and consider giving the podcast a rating. I'm also always looking for inspiring stories to share. So if you or someone you know has used lifestyle to overcome a serious health challenge, please send your story to me at info at juliefouché.com and I'll select some to share here on future episodes. You can check out my online training programs through Beyond the Whiteboard at trainwithjuliefouché.com. And finally, please remember that although now I am officially a doctor, this podcast is meant to share the experiences of individuals and does not provide medical advice. So let's get started here with episode number 72 of Pursuing Health featuring Pat Vellner. Welcome back to Pursuing Health. I'm super excited to be here with Pat Vellner. Um, Thank you for joining me on the podcast. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and I'm really excited to talk to you. I know you've had kind of a whirlwind month. You just recently got back from the Invitational in Australia. Um, I think you said you've had some exams recently. And then also this recent news that you actually ended up on the podium this year, which is kind of a crazy turn of events. So how are you feeling right now? 
<laughs> tired. <laughs> I can tired. imagine. Um, no, it's been good. It's, it has been a bit of a wild turn of events in the last little bit, but um, it's okay. You kind of just roll with the punches, and uh, it all's, it's, it's very much the same as every year has been kind of since I've started CrossFit. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been juggling the school and, and training and the events as much as, as well as I can, and that's just the way it is sometimes. It was this year, the travel was a bit more. Yeah. Uh, with the, I mean, last year, the, the Invitational was in Toronto, basically where I live. Right. So that was easy, but this was a little more challenging to juggle. But it's fun. I mean, uh, it's sort of just, if I want to do CrossFit, that's just how it has to be. And mm-hmm. I've sort of dealt with that right from the start, like I said. And that's sort of, it's just the price of playing for me. Yeah. Well, how was the Invitational this year? This is your second year. And yeah. like you said, last year it was in Canada, so you had that kind of hometown advantage this year in a completely... Have you ever been to Australia before? What was it like? No, I never have. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get the chance to, to tour around and see much of Australia. I'll have yeah. to take advantage of another opportunity to do that and, and see it. But uh, it was fun. Unfortunately, last year when we did the Invitational, we didn't really take advantage of our, <laughs> our hometown advantage, which the Pacific definitely did this year. But... Uh, it was good. We improved our placing a bunch, and it's just fun. Uh, that's a good event. I, I usually tell people it's it's a very different kind of event because you're not really competing against each other like you are mm-hmm. at other stages of the event, um, particularly everyone there when you're individuals in the main season. Um, you get to go there and, and sort of shut that off. And as much as there's pride on the line, there it's not really a high-stakes competition. So even throughout the week, you get to sort of relax and get to know some of the other athletes better than you ever would in competition because, mm-hmm. I mean, you would know as well. People just aren't themselves during a high-stress competition like that. So right. it's a bit harder to, to really have people open up and, and really see who they, who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a, bit of, it's a lot of fun for that. And, and obviously, to go in, we had almost the same team as the year before um, with Michelle retiring and mm-hmm. Alessandra taking her place. It was awesome, and I got to know her better than I ever have because I don't know her well. Mm-hmm. And Brent and Caroline and I all got along well last year, and and we had a blast. Like it's it's great. Uh, I was ha- really happy for the Pacific team, and uh, it was a cool atmosphere down there. They were great. They know how to have a good time out there. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> it looked like a lot of fun. For sure. Um, and you had it was I think very cool that you had just gotten this news that you ended up in third place at the games and then were able to kind of celebrate that at least with the people who were there at the Invitational and there was also a moment at the cooldown show where you were kind of recognized by the whole crowd there watching what was that experience like I know it it couldn't really compare to being on the podium at the games but what was that what did that mean to you I mean it's a little different but I think that that's that's great. That's all you could ever ask for. I mean, uh, and as much as we don't, I'm not in this for the, the accolades or whatnot, yeah. but, uh, you work really, really hard for a long time and throughout most of the year and, and you make sacrifices and do things. So to have things like that kind of taken away, it, it, it does hurt a bit and it makes a difference. So, mm-hmm. um, I thought that was great. And, and again, I think it, it was fun to have it recognized. We had a dinner and, and I got presented with the medal and, it was nice to have that moment of recognition kind of in front of a group of peers, mm-hmm. many of whom had already reached out to me when that whole thing was going on. And uh, then to have that in front of the, the crowd there and kind of in another another stage of, of the CrossFit season where 
people are watching and it, it is a big deal and a big event mm-hmm. um, particularly to have the Australian crowd uh, recognize you that way with the way things turned out uh, was great and I think it just speaks a lot to the strength of the community around there and uh, and the, the sport culture that exists in in Australia and around uh, that surrounds CrossFit I thought it was awesome it was it meant a lot it was it was a really nice nice gesture so I thought that was great yeah it was cool to watch how did you find out I know I of course probably like many people was just scrolling through social media and found out the news that way but how did you find out that this all had happened and that you were going to end up with a third place spot uh so I actually found out the same time as everyone else oh you did okay yeah they didn't give me any heads up so when they released their statement online on the game's website that was the first I had known about it like I didn't get any any advance warning so I was kind of just got home from the gym and mm-hmm. had dinner and I was doing some schoolwork and then like my phone just started erupting and that was <laughs> that was where I found out I yeah. think Fraser was like the first guy to text me about it wow and say congrats and I had no idea what he was talking about <laughs> so and wow. then everybody I had a few people send me the article so it was it was pretty wild yeah I didn't didn't have any heads up and mm-hmm. it's sort of a weird moment of disbelief and you're kind of like I was confused yeah. and kind of thought that I should have there's, for some reason, I should have known about this before now, but uh, yeah, it was it was cool, and I mean, it, it was kind of bad timing when it happened because I was like a week out of exams, I think, okay. and I had a, a a bunch of assignments kind of due that week, mm-hmm. and then my all my socials just were out of control for like yeah. the next, and it sort of was this thing that I had to deal with. I couldn't just let that sit, right? So um, I had to make a statement of some kind and, mm-hmm. and sort of deal with it it was very low on my priority list at the moment <laughs> so it was uh it was interesting though and i mean a, a crazy a pretty crazy turn of events and right. uh, a fairly big scandal that followed so um i don't know it's i mean I'm, I'm i'm happy on the one hand that there's there's a lot of uh the more athletes getting caught that mm-hmm. are cheating and it, it obviously puts a little bit of a uh, a plight on our uh, the other athletes, like mm-hmm. everyone on the sport. It doesn't it doesn't look great, but it's yeah, it, it is what it is, and we have to deal with that moving forward. And and it seems like they're doing what they need to do to to keep that under control. And mm-hmm. I think it's a good it's a big step to have a such a high profile athlete test positive and be banned for such a long period of time. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's definitely it's it's a pretty crazy. It was a pretty crazy turn of events. Yeah, I can imagine a lot of different emotions and reactions to all of that news. Um, I think, so it's it's always to me, I think, so surprising, maybe just because I am too naive and like want to believe that everyone that does CrossFit just has certain values. But whenever people are accusing, I, I think men get it a lot worse just on the internet about being accused of using performance enhancing drugs. But and I think that, you know, it's unfortunate that things like this happen and then, you know, people have more to kind of go off of in those arguments. I think it's good that obviously we're <laughs> catching those people. Um, but I always just try to tell people, like, knowing as many of the athletes as I know and knowing who they are as people and how hard they work and the values that they have, it's so surprising to me that people can't believe that it's just hard work that gets that gets these results. And so... I don't know what if you have kind of a reaction or what you would say when people approach you or comment about um, about that sort of thing going on in the sport. 
Um, I think you're right in that it, it's it challenges the athletes because it it sort of does feed that rhetoric and gives amf- ammunition to all the internet trolls to just mm-hmm. say everyone's on drugs and um, particularly I think Ricky's apology post didn't do much to quell that either and he kind of pointed the finger in every direction and um, it, it's it's hard like I mean and I find it frustrating because you like you live it and you go through all the mm-hmm. hard work and whatever and to have someone just undermine that with a like just some stupid internet post and some random who doesn't know anything yeah. is very frustrating. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I think the more you look at it, like there's sort of, there's almost two, two types of people that are posting all the hate and, and it looks like it's either people who know altogether too much about the performance enhancing drugs and <laughs> probably ha- have been taking them or have already justified and rationalized performance enhancing drugs to yeah. themselves so it's no big deal. Everybody's taking them. It doesn't matter. Or it's people who know absolutely nothing about them and probably have not been involved in a certain level of sport. Mm-hmm. And so they don't understand how these sorts of things can be possible. How can someone do that without help? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it, it's frustrating, like I said. And you don't – like we're professional athletes. Um, you don't sit at home on your couch and think that like you watch Tom Brady win the Super Bowl and say, oh yeah, I, I could totally have done that. If I was out there, I would have beat him. Right. <laughs> like, you don't think that. And it's the same thing. Like we we train a lot all year to mm-hmm. do that. Um, it's not easy to do it. I, I agree. Like it's not, not everyone can do it. Not everyone has the discipline and the, the willpower it takes to, to do that. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it doesn't mean it's impossible just because you can't do it. And uh it's yeah. So I found that very frustrating, and it's 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 sort of you have to look at it as like yeah, well, well we yeah we are really good at what we do, but it's because we spend a lot of time doing it, mm-hmm. like a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It, it there was a lot of fallout from that, and I think like you're right. All the athletes kind of got that backlash, and mm-hmm. it's unfortunate that then there's there's sort of this guilty until proven innocent vibe around everything um and despite the fact that we are all tested yeah. multiple times in the season it doesn't matter until like realistically it, it, it's to the point where i can go and test negative and be clean and someone's going to complain that they didn't see the test mm. okay and if i even show you the test result then they're going to complain that they're fake <laughs> right like and it's just there's no right. i think there's certain people that you're just never going to convince mm-hmm. uh, and you kind of just have to try your best to leave them behind mm-hmm. and just be okay with the fact that there's some guy that's going to hate on you somewhere for some reason. Right. Uh, which again is whatever. I don't love to have people hate me, but <laughs> it's at the end of the day, like you can't, you have to yeah, do what, what you, you do what you and do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like no one else, but you knows how hard you work and what you do to, yeah. to achieve what you do. And you can't really let other people get to you. That's so true. I mean, if you've got internet haters, it means you kind of made it. <laughs> it's true. That's something. one way you've to look at it. <laughs> really well, if you've got internet haters, so that's very uh, true. But yeah, it's obviously a very unfortunate circumstance, and I mean, it's something that now do, moving forward, we're going to have yeah. to continue to deal with more and more. And I mean, where there's going to be more and more testing out of season, there's going to be more and more testing at the games, probably, mm-hmm. um, just because it's it's an issue that they don't want to have. Yeah. Um, and I mean, even at the Invitational, we all got taken to the venue thinking we were going to go for an event announcement before right before the competition mm-hmm. and we and every athlete of the invitation all got tested before the event mm-hmm. like 
it's just they're doing it more and more whenever you have lots of athletes high level athletes together it's you're gonna get tested almost certainly so i think they're doing everything they can to Mm -hmm. try to squash that but like i said all you need is one guy to say whatever he wants with no proof Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden there's a conspiracy theory and you're all guilty and it's right it's a shame a little bit but well it's good to see yeah and still even like thinking about how young the sport is and how much every year they're just evolving and getting better in every way um drug testing being one of those things but um it's good to see that they're taking it to such a a high level to make sure that it is as fair as it possibly can be definitely and i think i'm the same as you like you said uh, about being a little bit naive yeah uh, <laughs> I mean, now that the sport's getting a bit bigger and there's there is more money involved, I think it's it's part of the evolution of that sport. Probably is that these these issues are going to start to creep in. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas back five years ago, it just wasn't even worth it. Right. But I mean, even again, same as you. Like I'm I'm studying in a field that's very health oriented, mm-hmm. and so it just it doesn't even occur to me. Like it it wouldn't even make sense. Like it right. doesn't even I can't fathom. Because I understand like long term cost and 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 yeah. like how this is going to affect you and how small of a blip this is in your life, and it just it it doesn't it's make like any why. sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. So there. I mean, obviously, I'm in a different position than maybe some other athletes are, but mm-hmm. it's yeah. Yeah. So I know there's kind of always a period after the games. You kind of like do your reflections and think about how things went and process everything and. I'm just curious. I know we all try to say that, you know, the outcome isn't important. It's about the journey and blah, 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 blah. But I'm curious, did knowing that you ended up in third place versus fourth place, does that change at all any of your reflections on what happened last year at the games? Um, I don't think, I don't think so. I think that uh, I left the competition happy with where I finished mm-hmm. but knowing fully that I was capable of podiuming again mm-hmm. I left a lot of points on the table I had a lot of a, a few misses and I didn't have what I felt like was a great weekend mm-hmm. of competition whereas I mean the year prior I think I competed in a way that I really maximized the amount of points I could have got in events I was bad at I, I executed about as well as I could have and mm-hmm. this year I felt like there was a few events where I just I lacked execution. I, I didn't perform well, not because I wasn't prepared, not because I didn't do whatever. It was just I I performed under my expectation a little bit and under my capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, and partly it was because I think I was in a different position this year. I was very conservative last year. And then going into the games, I decided this year that I was going to take a few more risks and try to really gun for certain events and certain points. And just I think that in my mind, that's, that's what it takes to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to have the guts to do that from time to time. And sometimes those risks don't pan out. And that's that's sports. Like that's just the game's getting too tight and people are too good now that you can't just float by. You kind of have to you have to take risks occasionally. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. So I had a few where I rolled the dice and it, it didn't pan out for me this year. And at the end of the games, that was the difference to me is that I looked at someone like Ricky or like Brent or Matt even, who who really did well in all the events. They didn't really miss on anything. And, mm-hmm. and um, to like to me, that's just that, that's a great competition. You have to have a really good competition if you want to finish on the podium at the CrossFit Games. So I didn't feel like I had I had my best competition. So mm-hmm. 
to finish in fourth place was more than enough. Uh, I had a very, very poor start to the event. And mm-hmm. so to come back from like 36th in event one to fourth was totally fine. Yeah. So I, I still, yeah, after everything, like it still doesn't change my feeling of that. Like mm-hmm. I still feel the same way. Obviously, outcomes do affect the way you, you feel about certain things. So sure. I mean, I'm, I'm more than happy to finish in third and that would have been great to, to be there and have that. But um, it's still, you have to take those lessons away with you and say, okay, like what didn't pan out and why? Um, obviously, the more you train and the, and the fitter and better you are at certain things, the less that those risks become risks and you can sort of you be, be more confident and comfortable in your skills. So that's sort of where now building to next year, my plan is to take those losses that I took had this year and the hits yeah. that I took, try to build on those areas. And obviously there's certain areas where I'm, I'm succeeding and it's, it's doing great. So mm-hmm. you can sort of put some of that stuff down and shift your focus a bit. But uh, no, I, I think that realistically – I still feel the same way about the competition. I don't, mm-hmm. it's not like suddenly I feel better about that 36th place because now I finished third. Right. Like, it still sucks. And uh, I'm going to do everything I can do to, to eliminate that. Um, because, again, like I look at last year and I wasn't really sure how to feel about finishing third. Mm-hmm. I hadn't competed in that field before and it was a very – it was sort of weird. Like you didn't know what to expect and things just kind of worked out. And you're not sure if that was – luck of the draw great Mm -hmm. events i'm not sure um and then after the regionals this year and the games this year it's it's clear that i deserve to be in that area and i Mm -hmm. I should never be aiming lower than the podium like Mm -hmm. like it's okay to to vocalize that and say like yeah my goal is to to finish on the podium and Mm -hmm. and try to win um those aren't those aren't outlandish goals whereas i wasn't sure if those Mm -hmm. were realistic goals even after doing it the first year right yeah it still kind of that's where it's at, I think. Yeah. I can share some of that sentiment, too, I think. And I think it's it's interesting, too, like, and just setting your expectations. Um, like, I know for me, the first two years that I competed, I ended up in the exact same spot. And I think largely it was because I had limited myself in my mind to say, oh, I just don't want to do worse. <laughs> or I want yeah. to, like, make sure that that was legit. Um the first year, but then after the, you know, after a couple of years, you were like, okay, I do deserve to be here and maybe I'm capable of more. So I think that's exciting to see where you're going from here. What do you think, what do you think stands in your way from becoming the fittest on earth? Um, well, partially priorities. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, uh, I've been asked that a few times and I don't know. I, I'm, I don't think I right now, my goal is to win the CrossFit Games. Like I, mm-hmm. I still want to be successful at the games and, and have a good athletic career. But I've got a few other things on the go that I just that hold precedent, and I, it's I'm not willing to sacrifice certain things to win the games. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that effectively that's what it takes mm-hmm. at a certain point. Uh, I think to beat especially a guy like Matt, I think that you you've got to put a lot into it. Um, and I, I'm putting about as much as I can into it and still maintain other areas of my life. And I think that that balance is definitely one of my priorities. Building my career is one of my priorities. And mm-hmm. CrossFit is sort of, for me, it's a it's a sport right now. It's a means to remain competitive. And uh, it's a great outlet for school and things like that. But mm-hmm. I don't think I see it as a, a future uh, 
that's something that I'm going to really stay involved with far down the line. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to maintain focus on goals that are going to build my career and build whatever. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the irony is that if I maintain success and cross it over the next X amount of years, I can probably parlay that success into a good client base or good patient base and and a certain amount of success when it comes time to build a practice or do something like that. Um, But it's just like, I got to get there. Like I I still need to get through school and I have to, I, I have to do those things and I don't have in my program, the luxury of taking a year off or doing mm-hmm. things like that. You have to push all the way through. So yeah. maybe uh, when I finish school, it will be 2019. And uh, maybe after that, I can take a year and work like part-time and mm-hmm. really try to gun. But for the next couple of years, I, I want to be as good as I can be without without losing those other aspects of my life. Mm-hmm. Um so we'll see where that puts me. I think it's I have the ability to stay near the top, um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if like winning the games is really a, a, a like a central goal for me. Yeah. Um, I want to st- still do the best that I can do, but mm-hmm. but maintain that balance. So well, that is interesting, though. I mean, I think it's in part you know it's putting that pressure on yourself to say that you do want to, like, you have that as a goal, it automatically puts a lot more pressure on yourself. Definitely. Um, and also comparing to seeing other athletes who really only have that as their one priority. I think it's difficult to even think about that being possible. But at the same time, it's crazy to think that now you finished third and you were just talking about how there were so many things that necessarily didn't go your way this year at the Games and, like, how things might have different had, gone differently had you really like nailed every event and performed to your full potential. Yeah. I mean, it's 2020 <laughs> hindsight, right? Like <laughs> sure. I, I always find it's, th- those are good. It's good to look back and think of what you can improve on, but it, you'll drive yourself crazy trying to think of everywhere you could have picked up points at, in over 13, 14, 15 events. Totally. It's just like, it's, it's not worth the exercise, it's true. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> definitely I, I, I know what you mean. And I think, yeah. I don't know if it's like a cop out for me to not want to say I want to win the games because then if I never do, it's like I never failed, mm-hmm. kind of thing. But it's definitely. But yeah, I can it's, appreciate it's something that's in my head a little pressure. bit. But I don't know if I'm scared to <laughs> to put it out into the ether like that. Yeah. And I think that right now, uh, to a certain degree, I, I'm a I'm a good competitor, but I think that I I lack a little bit of confidence in my capacity. Uh, to really like try to win events or, or do things like that. I'm very, I'm good at staying in like the, the top mm-hmm. 10 mm-hmm. and like around the top five, but I need to get past that block a little bit and, and, and really get, uh, get comfortable, like letting the horse out of the pen and, mm-hmm. and trying to win. Um, so yeah, I'm working on that a little bit, but mm-hmm. we'll see how that develops in the next yeah. year. It's so funny. I feel like I'm talking to myself right now. <laughs> I felt like the exact same way. But um and I can obviously I can totally relate to um and trying to balance things and having different priorities and I think that there's so much value in that when you think about your life beyond CrossFit Games competition. So I do want to get more into that too, um and kind of how you ended up, you know, in pursuing all the things that you are. Um but maybe too, I want to talk a little bit about your athletic background because I think sure. that's pretty unique for um, for CrossFit Games athletes. I think there's not very many male um, athletes with gymnastics backgrounds that are doing really well at the games. Um, and then you also 
participated in a lot of other sports growing up, which is kind of unique for gymnasts, I think. In a lot yeah. of in a lot of ways, I think gymnasts tend to get focused really early on and stick to that as their one sport. So yeah, my coaches didn't love that. I'll tell you <laughs> that right now. I can imagine, but it worked out well for you uh, for CrossFit. That's for sure. Yeah, so far so good. Um, so yeah, no, I was a gymnast for years and years. Like maybe almost fifteen years. Usually, what I say, I don't know if something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I retired when I was 20, 20 21 and. Uh, I competed for a long time, like not internationally, but just around Canada, and mm-hmm. uh, it was good. I was a, I was a, never an exceptional gymnast. I would say I was good, um, but I wasn't really built for it. I was a bit tall, and I think that might be one of the reasons why you don't see many, mm-hmm. many male gymnasts in the field. Is that mm-hmm. it's just you you're tend to be a lot smaller, and when it comes to moving weight, it's it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so I I did that for a long time, and I think that that background really lends itself to to training in crossfit not just because you're you have skills but uh i think you you're sort of uniquely coachable mm-hmm. and um the competition uh the competition is the, is effectively the same so your competition skills are the exact same you have to learn to compete one event at a time yep. if things go really poorly you have to move on and try to execute the next event as well as you can and so you get really good at having that competition. And, uh, and I, I mean, also, you're, you're used to training long hours. And um, one of the biggest things, I think, is that you become really, really used to failure. Um, because in gymnastics, as spectacular as it is to watch people perform gymnastics really well, mm-hmm. you don't see the hundreds of thousands of times that you fall uh, you, you almost every day you go into the gym, you spend 90% of your time falling and mm-hmm. then the rest of the time hopefully landing on your feet. <laughs> and then probably say 90% falling, 8% conditioning, 2% <laughs> landing on your feet. So, it's so worth it for that 2%. Yeah, right. So it, it's definitely, you become a little bit less discouraged by failure mm-hmm. and that you understand that it, it is really is like part of learning. Um, so that's a huge skill when it comes time to when I when I stopped competing in gymnastics, I had to build a lot of strength from the ground up. Like when it came to like leg pushing strength, mm-hmm. gymnastics you don't you don't even bend your knees. Like you, <laughs> everything to go below parallel was like a foreign concept to me. So <laughs> I was building everything from the ground up. Yeah, um, which is good in a way because you don't have to unlearn old habits. But mm-hmm. uh, it was it took a long time, and I think it was just it was a challenge that I I took up, and it was it was kind of fun to build a new skill set. And, um, I also, I played lacrosse at a really high level and, and, uh, I played a bit of rugby, played some hockey. Mm-hmm. And I think that all of those sports probably contributed a lot to having a good aerobic base. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause when I started CrossFit, I, I had no strength, but I had great skills and good aerobic capacity. So it was awesome. That's I was good, that, yeah. that guy that came in and had a really good engine, but like couldn't move a barbell. <laughs> so but again, I think understanding movement yeah. from gymnastics, I learned how to how to weightlift reasonably quickly mm-hmm. and was easy to coach. So um, it didn't take me long to to get my movement patterns down, and then just just takes time to build capacity. It takes mm-hmm. years. So I spent the next three four years just getting a little bit stronger every year, and and uh, it worked out pretty well. So yeah. So how did you initially? How were you initially introduced to CrossFit, and where was that kind of in the timeline of playing other sports? Um, I actually first 
uh, did CrossFit like for the very first time. I think I don't even know, maybe like 2008 or 2009. Mm. Um, one of my best friends growing up. Uh, I don't know if you remember Jason McDonald, who's one of yeah. the head judges. Uh, yeah, and he's on seminar staff. Mm-hmm. He's from my hometown. Oh and no he's way! My, one of my he's my best friend's cousin, pretty much. So we. Uh, I knew him back when he was fighting and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And he opened a gym in town and, and they had a few different things, some martial arts going on and they had CrossFit classes. And this was when CrossFit was very new. Mm-hmm. So I went in and did a couple classes like forever, forever ago, but only one or two and then mm-hmm. didn't go back. Um, and uh, I, I probably, when I moved to Montreal, would have been like 2014 or no, 2012. Yeah, I... Uh, I think like I, I met some buddies just working out at the school gym who were hanging rings and and doing workouts and stuff and, mm-hmm. and I had just retired from gymnastics fairly recently so I kind of got working out with them so I could play around on the rings a little bit and, mm-hmm. and do something work out with people just yeah. rather than by myself so uh, and they were doing crossfit workouts and I sort of just started working out with them uh, every other day at school and and then I did the open that year in 2013 like okay. after maybe a month. Uh, and just was awful. <laughs> so I I kept I didn't like that very much. So I kept training with them that year, and I, yeah. I made regionals for the first time the next year when it was still seventeen regionals. Okay. Uh, and I went, I went that year and and competed and did very well. I think I finished fifth. Mm-hmm. Uh, like won two events because there was a handstand walk event and there was like a long chipper and I won those. That was a, like, I remember that all the rope climbs and that was yeah, a good year. Yeah. What, and um, I got absolutely hammered by the weight weight <laughs> stuff. But. What at that, at that point were you taking it seriously as a competition, or at what point did you start to think I want to train and I want to be a serious competitor? So that year, I just scraped into regionals in like okay. one of the last spots, and then uh, I was successful at the regional, and it was kind of cool. Like that was um, Albert Dominic Larouche and Paul Tremblay qualified that year mm-hmm. from Canada East, so. Uh, I sort of got to know those guys a little bit, and I I met a coach there who had a gym uh, where they had some strong females, and they were going to do uh, a team the next year. Mm-hmm. And he sort of approached me and said, "Hey, like if you want to come and work out at our gym and uh, uh, and want to take a shot at the team next year, mm-hmm. it'd be awesome. We'd be happy to have you. Like I'll coach you for free." And um, I went there, and and they had great ladies, and we just had to find some strong guys. So. Mm-hmm. And I got coaching from this this coach there who was a good Olympic lifting coach and sort of all the stuff that I needed. So awesome. it was good. And I, I got to box for the first time and I, I got people to train with that were a high caliber athletes and mm-hmm. I got a good push that year. And I think I, I ended up competing team that next year and our team went to the games actually uh, from the East. That was mm-hmm. when they made the Super Regional. But that year was really good for me to, to grow as an athlete just because I had great skills for individual competition mm-hmm. and good aerobic capacity but i had really poor strength and power output and those are two very crucial ingredients in team competition yeah so when i went to train basically a year for team i worked a lot on stuff that i was really bad at for mm-hmm. a full year and uh when i went to go back individual the next year which was kind of always the plan it paid off a lot because I was just a more complete athlete. Mm-hmm. I wasn't I wasn't taking firsts and lasts anymore. Like I was I was able to be good in the stuff I was good at and still be pretty good in the stuff I was used to be really bad at. So 
uh, it's kind of still always been the struggle. Like I'm still continually trying to get my power output and my strength up because, but yeah. the the gap is narrowing a lot. And uh, I mean, that's what it takes to be a good individual. Right. But that was sort of when I started taking it more seriously. Would have been training for that 2015 season uh, after the 2014 regionals when I was surprisingly good <laughs> randomly <laughs> and, and kind of was like, oh, I, I could maybe, maybe I should do this. do this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And then how about, I want to talk a little bit about school and maybe you can just talk about your decision to pursue chiropractic, um, kind of what led you down that path and then how this all happened in the timeline of starting CrossFit. Yeah. So I had a, I had a really good chiropractor growing up that treated me when I was doing gymnastics, mm-hmm. which is great when you're falling on your head every day for <laughs> three, four hours a day. And, uh, we so I was kind of interested in that for mm-hmm. a long time. I, I had flirted with the idea of of doing medicine. I wanted to do something healthcare related. Okay. Um. So I I took my MCATs and did a bunch of stuff like that, and then I just didn't want to do it. I, mm-hmm. The closer I got to that, I just didn't want the. I don't know. I I wasn't as committed enough that I thought I should do it. So I took some time off and traveled around then, and I I went to school in Montreal and did a a kin degree. And uh, near the end of that, I was sort of trying to decide where I wanted to go, whether I wanted to try to do research or I wanted to do um, something with people. And I kind of decided that I wanted to work with people more closely and and try to help people, you know, reach their health goals and stay stay moving and stay fit. And Mm -hmm. um, it's been it was such a fit like health and fitness has been such a big part of my life. And and that sort of therapy has helped always helped me get back on my feet and keep moving. So mm-hmm. uh, I applied there to the school in Toronto and and uh, got in there. And I think it, it's been great. It's just a good it's a good health field to stay involved in people that are interested in, in their health and and uh, just sort of keeping people moving as they get older. And um, and you have also an opportunity to work with lots of athletes. Like I know even in the CrossFit world, a lot of the Aronsti company that they mm-hmm. use is all Kairos. So it's good. I've had good experiences with it, and it's just that's sort of where all that stuff stems from. I think is you want to you want to give the same experience to someone else that you had, and um, so I, yeah, I I made that decision, and obviously trying to balance training with school has been not the easiest thing to do, but right. I find that it's actually it's okay. It's it's taught me to manage time very well, and I think it keeps me less stressed about one thing or the other because mm-hmm. uh, I sort of have another outlet that I can turn to if things get too heavy I'll just if when training's really busy it's kind of nice to just like go not move for a little bit yeah and I don't I don't mind sitting down and, and studying for two or three hours suddenly it becomes less of a chore and you're 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 very ready to shift gears and the same when when school is really busy and I have exams and whatnot and I'm, I'm reading for a lot of hours in the day it's such a nice break to go to the gym for a couple hours and just move around and forget about it so I found that it, it's really helpful for me to just sort of pick one thing up and put mm-hmm. it down and pick the other thing up and put it down um, as far as maintaining balance in my life. So it's been good. Obviously, to compete at this level is, and to do, uh, to do school at this level as mm-hmm. well is yeah. it's challenging at different times of the year. So there's obviously periods where school takes huge precedence and you have to put the training down a little bit. I still try to get whatever I can get done, but... I work out at school some days and just do whatever I can do. If it's mm-hmm. getting a little bit of weightlifting in or just sitting on a rower and trying to hammer out some intervals in mm-hmm. between classes, like that's what I'll do. And 
if it's coming up to regionals and I don't have a whole lot of time, then I, I'm just I'm I don't go to lectures anymore and I'm I'm training more times in the day and I I'm just trying to get by on what I can do in school. Yeah. So I tend to like front end load my school year mm-hmm. so I can I can do really well in my courses early in the year. So later on if I take a hit during regionals prep, it's not mm-hmm. the end of the world. But it's just it's been a good exercise in trying to figure out how to balance a lot of things at once. Yeah. Uh, but it's good. And I mean, I've always kind of thought that you really make time for things that you care about. And so if you love to do something and, and if you really want to do it, you'll find a way. Mm-hmm. So it's not easy, but it's not supposed to be. If it was easy, everybody would do it, right? So That's true. It's, uh, it's been good. And I've, I've really enjoyed, I've, I love being in school and I, I have a lot of fun learning lots and, and spending time with people that are like-minded and driven. And mm-hmm. I have a ton of fun competing in CrossFit and traveling around and I wish I could do it more, but I'm a little bit limited from time to time. All right. That's just reality for me. So it's good. I think I'm doing well enough with with, uh, the hand I've been dealt. I think you most certainly are. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How is your school structured and where are you at along? You said you have like a year and a half or so left. Um, Is it like more studying book learning first and then you said you'll start clinical soon or how is it structured? Yeah. It's four years total. You kind of you need basic bachelor's degree to get to four years mm-hmm. of a practice program. Uh, the first two years, basically just theory, all theory, and you just get examined a lot. Mm-hmm. And then the third year, which is where I am now, you do pretty much it's it's transferring your theoretical knowledge into practical knowledge. You do mm-hmm. a lot more casework, um, and then in fourth year is all clinics. So okay. in May when I finish third year, you basically have like a week off and then you go from May to May, you do one full year of clinic rotations. You mm-hmm. do two rotations of six months and, mm-hmm. um, and then you're done. You write your board exams during your clinic year and you're just, when you're out the door at the end of fourth year, you're fully licensed and ready to go. So this will be a little bit different in the next little while because the last two years regionals is basically right during exams, mm-hmm. my final exams of the year. And then I have time off to train for the games yeah. for two months, basically. Um, whereas now I will go, I'll write exams through May, probably right before regionals again. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go into clinic and I'll have to do clinic for the next 12 months. So I won't right. have the time off to train. But it's a little bit, you, do, you don't work full time in clinic. So okay. you do have lots of time off. But you're responsible for like X amount of research or... Right, um, right doing rounds and presenting different case reports and things so Mm -hmm. we have different responsibilities but it's just I've gotten fairly good at juggling my schedule the way it is now yeah it's gonna be a new change so I have to figure out where everything's gonna fit in and and how all the the pieces are gonna fit together when I get to that point right but yeah 2019 in May of 2019 I'm all done awesome very good um well let me think. Sorry. I just totally blanked out of my question. Um, I wanted to ask you something else about school. but You kind of mentioned this before, but um, when did you, did you start school after you had started competing in CrossFit or was it the other way around? Um, so I started chiropractic after, but I was doing a, a bachelor's degree in Montreal. Okay, um, so you're in school. I, yeah, I was in school. I think I started there in 2012, mm-hmm. and then that's where I met my friends that I started doing CrossFit with. And okay. 
then I graduated from there in 2015 and then mm-hmm. started here in 2015. Okay. So. And you mentioned that you, with your program, you don't have the choice of taking a year off or postponing for a year, but yeah. if you did, is that something that you think you would do just to see what would happen with CrossFit or do you find, it sounds like you kind of enjoy the balance and it, it works well for you. Yeah, I, I, I do. I think it's a good challenge and I, I enjoy, I think I've never done really well at doing one thing for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've ever felt that same way where like, if I have to sit and read for five or six hours, yeah, you, I will not learn a thing for like hour two to hour six. Mm-hmm. Like I can do things for like two hour chunks and then I start to really lose the efficiency of whatever I was doing yep. and I don't retain information and I'm just wasting time. Mm-hmm. So I've always found when I have both things going on, I can do my two hours of work, be super, super effective in my work and then whatever, go do something else. I'll go to the gym for a couple hours and mm-hmm. I can be diligent and not waste too much time, not chat too much, get my stuff done, get out of there. And then I can go back and work for another two hours. And then just as long as I'm, I'm shifting gears fairly frequently, I can get a lot right. done my mom yeah um, where I even training for the game I've had those two months summer it's easy to just like chat and sit around and, and have weightlifting session take a hour and a half because mm-hmm. you just sort of like you sit around between us. but you if can. I'm on a timeline I get things done yeah I've, uh, yeah so I, I agree I've always felt the same way where I feel like when I'm in the gym I'm I'm like so much more I don't really waste a lot of time like talking or messing around because I'm just used to not having that time. Yeah. Um, and you can get so much done in such a little time. And I think it's true, like even with school, so many med students, you can't possibly study all day. So like oh. they're, they either have other hobbies or they watch TV or whatever it is. You can't sit and study the whole time. So it's just filling that time with training instead of like yeah, other exactly. hobbies or, or just relaxing. So. I always, I have a laugh at all the people who sit in the library for like eight hours <laughs> and then the first thing they're going to tell you is how much time they spent in the library today. And you're like, dude, there's no way you learned eight hours of stuff today. <laughs> like you sat in the library for eight hours and learned two hours of material. So you wasted six hours. <laughs> like that's how I look at it a lot of the time. Yeah. And people get into those like library stats and they're whatever. It's like, dude, if yeah. you were at the gym for five hours, I promise you, you'd wasted a lot of time. It's so true. So, it's so true. It, Although, I don't know. I feel like when I was younger, I could do it. Like, I sat in the library for six hours, and I felt like I was really effective. But maybe it's something about getting older or, like, (laughs) just doing, you know, having more interests or I don't know what it is. But now I certainly could not sit that long. It could just be me deflecting because I can't do it. (laughs) Right. Whatever. If I can't do it, no one can do it. (laughs) Right. Everyone (laughs) has their own own method. Yeah, exactly. But it's good. Uh, I, I yeah I definitely I definitely have enjoyed that and mm-hmm. I think it's yeah I I don't know if I would take the full time off um, the only thing is that I definitely have to turn down some cool opportunities that won't exist forever right because I because I can't because I have exams because I have this because I have that and I think it would be cool to put everything on hold and just like travel and compete and do whatever mm-hmm. and. Have um, that's the only thing I would say is that I do occasionally, it really hurts me to say no to some yeah. things and I, but you just, I don't have the choice, right? That's true. That's true. It'll be worth it in the end. Yeah, that's right. And for now it's keep me busy. I, yeah. I'm enjoying it and I, 
if I, I still have time to watch Netflix every night, so I, <laughs> it's a good thing. I'm, I'm all good. <laughs> what does a typical, I don't know if you have a typical day, but can you talk us through like typical day from the time you wake up, what your day might look like? It sort of depends on, I guess it, yeah, it depends on where in the year we mm-hmm. are. Cause if it's closer to say regionals, I might be training twice, but nowadays I'm only training once a day. Mm-hmm. So usually I'm up and I try to get some schoolwork done at home because I usually don't go to lecture. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go to whatever labs that I have in the afternoon and then I'll train at like, I'll either train around noon to two mm-hmm. or I'll train like four to six. Okay. And then I come home and do a little bit of work and then I go back to sleep. But uh, in the, in the, peak season i'm usually i'll usually train in the morning and mm-hmm. then i go to school in the afternoon and i train in the evening again so again it'll be like it'll be either like school training school sleep mm-hmm. or it'll be training school training school sleep <laughs> so it's sort of like there's not a whole lot else right. uh and i live fairly close to school like it's walkable so that's nice uh and maybe like a short drive to the gym so it's it's pretty pretty easy to get everything done that i need mm-hmm. when i'm training twice in a day I usually just do one of the sessions at school okay. so I only have to make I don't I make less trips mm-hmm. so I'll just like go to school I'll work out at the school gym and shower there and go to class and yeah so it's it's it works mm-hmm. I don't know it's, it's not fancy I don't spend a whole lot of time doing <laughs> other things during the year but right. try to get out with my friends whenever I can but yeah I have to ask that I mean you already said you watch Netflix usually but everyone would always ask me, like, what other hobbies do you have or what else do you like to do? And I'd be like, well, that's all I do is go yeah. to school and train. Um, but do you have other hobbies or other things that you like to do if you have the extra time? Um, like, I I like to be active still. So, like, say in the summer after the games, like, yeah. when I'm not training, I'm not doing it ever. Like, mm-hmm. we'll go hiking or we'll do some things around. But it's usually when I'm home, like, back on the West Coast where I grew up. Mm-hmm. But out here, I don't know. I try to get out with my friends and do a fair amount. We play intramural sports and do things. And, okay. like, that sort of stuff is fun. And it's just, it's honestly, it's a, it's kind of a full-time job trying to just keep up with all your friends that you have around. So, oh, yeah. If I, I have friends that I did my undergraduate with who, who now live in Toronto and I haven't seen for like three years because mm-hmm. it's just hard to, to make the trip and go around and coordinate with everyone. So I try to keep up with people and and uh, be as social as I can because mm-hmm. otherwise I can be fairly reclusive if I'm just doing school and yeah, studying. For sure. And so it's nice to just be around people and do something with people. Uh <laughs> But yeah, other than that, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say like specific things. Like I don't like knit or anything. Or, like, <laughs> I, like I don't no, have like a, a specific hobby. Right, that's, right. That's fair enough. Um, do you normally train by yourself, or do you have training partners? Or yeah, I almost exclusively train by myself, actually, okay. which is good and bad. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's a treat when you get to train with other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, if, prepping for regionals, like last year, I had some people come by who wanted to train with me, and we would we would just do all of our regionals prep together but mm-hmm. I think partly because my schedule is a bit sporadic and the times of day where I can fit it in mm-hmm. just don't really work uh for normal people very often yeah. I have I don't have people to train with uh, I'll occasionally jump into group classes still and do something there just to have a social interaction because mm-hmm. a lot of times I'll be like the only person in the gym and just sort of yeah you and the music away. and grind away if nobody I, if else I, like sometimes I don't even have music. <laughs> Just grind away in the silence for a few hours. And yeah. 
But yeah, it's it's fine though. I don't I don't mind training by myself. I think, especially when I'm on a clock, it's kind of nice because when yeah. you have people, I, I especially me, I tend to socialize with people, and yeah. I'll I'll just like end up taking thirty minutes to an hour longer than I needed to, yeah. just because I, I was standing around chatting. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I'll get I'll definitely get more done faster by myself, but. I don't know. There's just it's definitely fun to have people around, and I think the more you can make it into a social thing, and the more you enjoy it, it's yeah. just it keeps you coming back. So uh, it's okay. Sure. I usually make some time. I leave some time to chat on the way in or out. So for sure. Um, and do you have a coach or someone who does any of your programming or nutrition or recovery or who do you work with to help kind of structure and and make that as efficient as you can? So a couple. Couple of years ago, I don't know. After the Open 2016, I think I started working with a company called Pro Energy Nutrition that does okay. all my like nutrition stuff. Um, just to kind of take that right off my plate, so mm-hmm. I I didn't have to think about it because the less I have to think, I have a lot enough to think about on a daily basis yeah. anyway. So the less I have to think about that stuff, the better. And that's been great. It sort of took that away from me and. Uh, Last year, after the Invitational, I started working with Michelle Latondra. Oh, awesome. Um, so she retired at mm-hmm. the Invitational and mm-hmm. then started doing, she runs a program called Decacomp, mm-hmm. which is just uh, basically a programming blog uh, she does for competitive athletes. Um, so I actually lived with her before the Games in 2016 for about okay. a month. Um, and then had a great year mm-hmm. and lived and trained with her all leading up. And mm-hmm. then following that after the invitational, when she decided to coach full time, yeah. I went with her and she's been doing my programming since then. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, which has been I great. didn't know so, that. I feel like that's a little known fact. Yeah, she's great. And uh, we get along super well. So mm-hmm. she's been doing that. So myself and Caroline Reason Thibault also do all the programming with her. Okay. And she's awesome. And I now since she's done competing and yeah. she is fully done competing yeah. like, people, people want to be like oh maybe she'll do team or make a super team somewhere like it won't happen no she's she's uh, moving on yeah she's she's ready to be done with that but it's awesome because she really loves coaching and, yeah. and it keeps her it keeps her in the fold and in with the sport and she really does she still loves CrossFit, but just needs to not be doing it yeah the yeah, time yeah. commitment that it was it was uh mm-hmm. it was too much for her to be coaching and training and doing all that so She's been great working with her. has been amazing, and uh, I would highly recommend it. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love yeah. her, but I didn't realize she was doing um, that much competitive programming, so that's awesome. Yeah, so that's just, I mean, it's as of last year, kind of. It's mm-hmm. been it's been about a year now, I guess. So. Very but cool. going well so far, I, I'm enjoying it, and I feel like I'm getting fit. So mm-hmm. I think it's working. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Okay, well, I want to finish up with three questions I ask everyone on the podcast. So the first one is three things that you do on a regular basis that have the biggest positive impact on your health. Um, well, I'm going to say I get up early. Okay. What time is early? I never really sleep past seven. Okay. So... Not like crazy early, but I don't I don't sleep, sleep in. in. And like mm-hmm. that's like if it's Saturday and I went out on Friday, I'm still up at seven. Like okay. I can't I can't help it. <laughs> so oh, that stinks. I, <laughs> I get up I get up early. Yeah. Um, I make time for myself, and usually it's the morning when I'm because my roommates don't get up that early. Okay. So I make time to just have about an hour to 
whatever, have a coffee and just do whatever I need to do by mm-hmm. myself to just have have your your alone time. Yeah, yeah. And I think just my I exercise a lot, mm-hmm. and I I think maybe to the degree that I exercise could have bad effects on my health long term. <laughs> but I think that just making time to move around a bit every day is is hugely important and has a huge impact on me. For sure, for sure. Is there one thing that you struggle with or that you think would have an impact on your health, but you have a hard time doing it? Um, maybe sleeping lots. Mm. I think that with the the amount that I do, I like, you know what? I made the mistake of, I started using, you know, these whoop wristbands? Yes. <laughs> okay. So I started wearing one a while back and Michelle uses them to help our programming. Okay. And it records your sleep and stuff. Yeah. And I just like, I just can't. <laughs> I can't I can't deal with the sleep stats. It's hard. Like I think it puts me at like my average since I started wearing it like after the games is like less than six and a half hours a night. Wow. So I think that in general I could stand to sleep more <laughs> with sounds like it. the amount of with the amount of stuff that I do, I just need to go to bed earlier and I just cannot do it. Because okay. I know I'm gonna be up at seven yeah. no matter what. I need to go to bed earlier and I have a really hard time with that. So that's something I should need to work on. Okay. So despite that, does it does the band still tell you that you're like recovered enough to train or does it sometimes tell you that you're It depends. Uh it usually I can still get it up pretty high and like yeah. I don't I don't think I require a lot of sleep, but mm-hmm. I think it would still help me, especially certain times of the year. I mean, and I like I took it off when I went to Australia because yeah. it it would just like freaked out. <laughs> the and, time change and yeah, all. yeah. And, like I slept like two hours on the plane and yeah. now it's like I don't know it was just bad news so I put it on again at the start of this week and we're back in the green so everything's Good. going well Good. Glad to hear I, I've, it. Se- I've seen single digits a few times and that's not uh that's no- <laughs> okay well that's good to know um last question is what does a healthy life look like to you um I think a healthy life to me is is a life with balance I think it's a life where you can challenge yourself and and be happy doing what you do and find time for people and things that you love, like be to be fulfilled in your work and and to have time to do other things on the side that make you happy. I think that that's all you could ever ask for. Love it. Well, it sounds like you're living it. Um, <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> well, thanks so much for taking the time to chat. Um, congratulations again on your you. performance last year and best of luck this season. I know. You said it'll be an adjustment, but I know everyone's going to oh, be rooting for you. So it's right around the corner too. I, like, <laughs> I got back, back home and I was like, "Oh God, it's the like, it's the open, pretty much." <laughs> it We're sneaks there. up really fast. It's yeah. yeah so I know it, it never fails to to surprise me, but right. 2018, here we come. Here we come. All right. Well, thanks, Pat. Thanks a lot. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning into this episode. It was so great for me to get to know Pat a little bit better and it was awesome to see how we shared a lot of similar experiences training and competing in the games while also trying to balance a rigorous medical school schedule. So I know we're all wishing him the best as he heads into this next chapter with his clinicals as well as on his road back to the competition floor in 2018. As I mentioned in the episode, I may be naive, but I'm always surprised when there are high-level competitors trying to use performance-enhancing drugs in CrossFit. I want to know your take on this topic. Join the conversation online using hashtag PursuingHealth. 
To make sure you never miss an episode and to receive exclusive content from me, head to my website, juliefouché.com and subscribe to my email list. If you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe and consider giving the podcast a five-star rating on iTunes. Also, don't forget to share your stories. If you or someone you know has used lifestyle to overcome a serious health challenge, please send me an email at info at juliefouché.com. I'll choose some of these inspiring stories to share here on future episodes. Don't forget you can train with me through Beyond the Whiteboard by visiting trainwithjuliefouché.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and I'll catch you next time on Pursuing Health. This episode is brought to you by Thrive Market. If you haven't heard of Thrive Market yet, they sell top organic and healthy products online at 25 to 50% off, shipped straight to your doorstep. So as a sponsor of this episode of the podcast, they're providing an amazing offer to all Pursuing Health listeners. You can head to www.thrivemarket.com forward slash PH, and there you'll receive an additional 25% off your first purchase, as well as free shipping and a free 30-day trial. So why do I love Thrive Market so much? You probably know my husband, Danny, and I have been living a very chaotic lifestyle for the past several years, from medical school to now residency training and training for the CrossFit Games in there as well. We didn't have a lot of time for grocery shopping every week or meal prep. And so using Thrive Market, we can shop for all of our staple grocery items, things like nut butters, cooking oils, snack bars, dressings, even coffee and tea. And we know that when we're ordering through Thrive Market, they're coming. these products are coming from a curated list that we know we can trust. So whether you're looking for paleo, vegan, gluten-free, non-GMO, or organic products, you can find them on the Thrive Market platform at prices that are 25 to 50% below what you would find in the grocery store. And even better, these items are shipped straight to your doorstep, so you don't have to worry about the time or the hassle of grocery shopping. I also love that Thrive Market demonstrates a big commitment to giving back. So for everyone who signs up for a Thrive Market membership, another membership is donated to a low-income family, veteran, or teacher. Thrive Market's mission is to make healthy living easy and approachable to everyone, and this aligns perfectly with my own personal mission and that of pursuing health. Because Thrive Market has been such a huge lifesaver in my own life, I wanted to share the benefits with all of you, and they've responded with an amazing offer. So as I mentioned before, you can head to www.thrivemarket.com forward slash PH to receive 25% off your first purchase and free shipping and a free 30-day trial. Again, this is on top of their already 25 to 50% below retail prices. So I hope you take advantage of this amazing offer and enjoy their service as much as I have. Once again, that website is thrivemarket.com forward slash PH. You can head there to save on some of your favorite items for healthy living and also help make a healthy lifestyle easy, affordable, and accessible for all. This episode is brought to you by Mobility Wad. Do you struggle to get into good positions in your training and workouts? Are your movement compensations causing you undue pain and grief? MWOD's belief is that every human being should be able to perform basic maintenance on themselves. For nearly 10 years, Mobility Wad has been the go-to for the world's best athletes and teams. Do you know what hundreds of Olympic and world-class athletes, professional teams in the NFL, MLB, basketball, hockey, rugby, and soccer, and dozens of universities all have in common? They use Mobility Wad to train and compete at their best. I first took Dr. Kelly Surratt's movement and mobility course in 2013, and since then have read his books and followed his videos for ideas on how to address my own movement restrictions. 
But sometimes having all this information can become overwhelming, which is why I think the real genius is in the MWOD subscription. As part of this subscription, you have access to not only hundreds of hours of video content that can be filtered based on your specific questions, but also a daily 10-minute Mobility Wad video. You just log in and follow Kelly's instructions as if he is there coaching you in person for 10 minutes per day. You may pick up certain exercises that you wish to incorporate on a regular basis before or after your workouts. But at the very least, by following this daily program, you know you are addressing a wide range of movement patterns and body parts on a regular basis without having to think about it. I often do these sessions first thing in the morning or before bed as a way to wind down from the day. In addition, you have access to an on-ramp sequence and a 14-day mobility challenge that helps you understand the basics and identify the areas you personally need to focus on. You can lean on the MWOD community and discussion boards to learn from others who have been through similar situations or injuries. And if you need more personalized help, you can use the MWOD list to find a like-minded practitioner in your area. It's easy to become part of the Mobility Wad community, but for being a Pursuing Health listener, you can receive 20% off an annual membership with code Julie Fouché. That's J-U-L-I-E-F-O-U-C-H-E-R. Just visit www.mobilitywad.com. Full potential, full power. Full power.